Ladies and gentlemen, now hosting the Rizzo cast, put your hands together for Steven Risotto. All right, we are back with another baseball fan. It is Jacob from Alameda, and Jacob is here to tell his baseball story, and we'll talk about a few other different things. Jacob, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well, and uh, you know, this has been a pretty pretty fun thing that I've done so far, and you were one of the first people to actually reach out, uh, so I appreciate that. First things first, I do want to ask, what is kind of your baseball background? Where you know, How did you kind of start uh, noticing the game? When did you kind of start falling in love with it? Tell us some of your uh, your early baseball origins, if I may. Yeah, so early baseball origins was probably when I was around, I want to say four or five. And that's kind of when I have like, that's probably when I, when I could probably start remembering things. Um, and one of my fondest memories is just watching my dad um, watching the TV and he's watching San Francisco Giants baseball games. And my dad wasn't a big fan. He's kind of a casual fan. Um, but I became a Giants fan just because he was a Giants fan. And um, as time went on, I kind of kept in touch with the Giants. Um, I actually wasn't that big of a fan until about 2010, which is also kind of bad timing because that's also the year the Giants won the uh, World Series. But the reason it was 2010 was because that's also the year that I kind of fell in love with uh, analytics um, because um, I had three friends, um, all baseball fans. Um, they're all Ace fans, unfortunately for me. Um, but, uh, they were also all into analytics and we all met freshman year of high school. And so we kind of had like this baseball group that formed, um, this, and this analytical minded baseball group. And I learned a lot about analytics from them. And I, I'd like to say, hopefully they learned some from me as well. But, um, that entire 2010, we just had lunch together, talked about baseball, talked about analytics. Um, and then from that point on, even to this day, um, I still have these same friends. We still talk about analytics um, to this day as well. So um, I, I would say I've been a baseball fan all my life, but I didn't really become an avid baseball fan as an everyday watching, um, wondering what's going on until 2010, which is, I, I guess in some parts, lucky for me, because that's also the year the Giants won the World Series, but uh, it's also the year that uh, you can call me a bandwagon as well. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the 2010 was kind of where it all began for me. Leave it for the A's fans to introduce you to analytics. I would expect nothing more out of them. Yeah, or nothing yeah. Less. Moneyball, all those things. And um, I'm sure you've seen the movie Moneyball. Yeah. And there's a thing in that movie, how can you not be romantic about baseball? <laughs> um, and it's true, how can you not? Because I, I feel like what separates baseball from any other sport is their analytics. Um, because I don't believe there's a single sport that goes as deep into the numbers and analytics as baseball does and how you can almost accurately sometimes predict a player's season or their ability. And so I think when you combine analytics and you combine baseball and you just combine the feeling of a stadium, going to games, eating the food, um, all those things, I think that just makes baseball so cool. And I think that makes baseball completely different than any other sport out there. Mm -hmm. And as much as the analytics piss off kind of the older group of fans, they still watch, you know, they're still showing up in the the statistics about, you know, who watches games and what category of fans watch games. They still watch. It's still the same game, but it also opens up a whole level of 
sports fans to come in and, you know, guys that have majored in economics can now work in baseball. And it's, it's a really cool thing. And we're even seeing right now coaches that have background in like biotechnology and it's, it's actually pretty amazing. And it's funny you bring up analytics because I was just playing earlier today uh, out of the park baseball. I don't know if that's a game that you've ever played. Have you played OTP? I haven't actually, I've heard of it so many times, but I've oh, never been playing it. Yeah. I have to though. I have to, you have to, it's so detailed. There's so much uh, statistics in it. It's basically like you're a real life general manager. So I've done it a few times on this channel, by the way, I've done on the YouTube side. I don't publish it as a podcast, but, uh, and it's a series called, um, from the dugout. And I have people come on and they manage a game. Uh, they manage two teams from at some point in history. Like I know we had one person manage the, uh, 2012 giants against the 1954 giants and it was a really cool thing and it was a gameplay and it was super fun uh but out of the park baseball jacob you got to get it it's definitely worth the money wait for the new one to come out so that's all right i'll keep keep my eye on it keep your eye on it for sure um i i also want to ask because you know growing up a giants fan and i kind of hopped on the bandwagon for baseball that same year i was eight years old in 2010, when the Giants won the World Series, I was in third grade, um, and I knew kind of who my favorite players were. But I was wondering if you have, you know, some of your favorite players growing up and watching the game. Yeah, uh, well, my favorite player of all time is uh, Matt Cain, um, and I can't, I, well, I, I can't tell you why that is. And I think for me is because he was my childhood, but. He was also, am I tearing up right now? I am so sorry. That is not supposed to happen. Um, he was my childhood, but he was also just like kind of my teenage years and also some of my adulthood. Um, I basically watched him um, through my entire, well, when I was growing up, my entire San Francisco Giants fandom. And I saw, I remember his perfect game. I remember all these things about him, the way he pitched, the way he just kicked around the mound sometimes, uh, all these little things about him I just remember. And so Matt Cain to me was my favorite player of all time just because he was my childhood, but he was also my teenage years and he was also some of my adulthood. So when I think of San Francisco Giants, I think of Matt Cain um, first and foremost. Um, but, you know, I also think of Barry Bonds, obviously, because when I was four and five years old, six years old, he was hitting bombs in the McCovey Cove. I remember watching 756. Um, and probably the, the biggest thing for me um, watching Barry Bonds, who's also one of my favorite players, was just the grasp that he had on you. So what I mean by that is whenever he stepped up to the plate, even as a four-year-old kid, whenever Barry Bonds stepped up to the plate, I knew to stop whatever I was doing. And I knew to why and I knew to watch that at bat because Barry Bonds was that good. And everybody in the room, no matter who you were, what you were doing, even if you didn't like baseball, if Barry Bonds was batting, you stopped what you were doing and you watched. And that was probably one of the biggest memories for me growing up. Barry Bonds, Matt Cain, um, Jason Schmidt. Um, my current favorite Giants player is Brandon Belt, um, just because I feel like he's so controversial, controversial, and I love that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of Giants fans who hate him, a lot of Giants fans who love him. He's kind of like the John Cena of uh, WWE. But um, and I, I really do like Brandon Belt because of analytics. And I feel like he's a very analytical friendly player a lot of analytical minded people love Brandon Belt um because he's kind of like the perfect when he's healthy he's kind of the perfect package he's had a history of getting hurt a lot with injuries um I think he's taken a couple fastballs to the head unfortunately for him 
um, which is just super bad luck. Um, but yeah, um, favorite player of all time, Matt Cain. Um, Barry Bonds, probably up there. And my favorite current player is probably Brandon, Brandon Belt. Yeah, Belt. Belt will get the uh, the the juices flowing on the timeline for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that uh, and and I could see why watching him is different than looking at his you know maybe stat sheet at the end of the year. He's definitely proven to be a productive player when he's on the field. Uh, did you go to Matt Cain's last game in 2017? Because I know that was a very uh, emotional time for a lot of fans. Actually, um, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I, I went to his game. I was sitting on the uh, first base side, second row. Um, and I, how old was I? So 2017 was God, six years ago. So I was 21 years old. And, um, I, even as a 21 year old kid, um, I, I didn't have that much money yet. I was still in college. And as a 21 year old kid, I pleaded to my dad, um, me being a grown man at the time, almost pleaded to my dad to take me to this game. Um, because that was my childhood and he did. So I went with my dad. Um, and I saw his last game, he pitched a pretty good game. He pitched, I think five innings, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't a bad game. I can't remember if he allowed any runs, but um, that wasn't going through my head at all. All I remember thinking was this is the last time I'm going to see Matt Cain pitch. And so when Bochy came and got him and, and, you know, brought him off the field, he said, farewell. Um, I was crying. I was crying next to my dad because like I said, Matt Cain was my childhood. And I felt like watching him leave was like watching my childhood leave. Yeah. And when I, whenever I think of that game, I think of there's a uh, point in that game where he came up with the bases loaded and everybody's like, is this about to happen? Like it's the script is written and like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think he struck out or whatever, but um, nobody actually expected that, but it would have been cool, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, let's go in here to kind of a fun, a few fun ones here. Um, a lot of baseball movies. I've heard a few uh, get thrown out there and the ones that I've done so far, what is kind of your favorite in terms of, or maybe a few favorite baseball movies that uh, you've enjoyed over the years? Um, well, The Sandlot, I feel like is obvious, an obvious one. Um, that was just, again, kind of a classic through childhood. Um, my, probably my favorite movie, baseball movie of all time is, is Moneyball. Um, just because me being an analytical-minded fan, am I a pro analytics? No, not at all. But do I do it as a fun side hobby? Yes. Um, I, I love to study analytics and when you can combine that with a movie, um, with Billy Bean, all those guys, um, that that's just awesome to me. Um, so at Moneyball was probably my, my favorite movie, baseball movie of all time. Uh, Sandlot, um, Angels in the Outfield, always a good one. Um, Jackie wrote 42. Uh, yeah, I, I can go probably on and on about all, all the fair baseball movies because honestly, I think I like them all. Um, but if you're, if you're asking me to pick a favorite, it, it would probably be Moneyball just because again, of just the analytics of it and, uh, just kind of the story it told. And, and also it kind of gives you an idea. Analytics really didn't get started until recently. Um, I mean, of course they had analytics back in the two thousands and it was even before that it was created by, um, Bill James. Um, but I, I would say, and I don't know if you, you would agree on this, that, analytics teams really didn't start using analytics until the 2010s um wasn't it really started to kind of get um get get the get the road going um because i remember like all the shifts that we see nowadays you even see a lot of teams you know batting the pitcher eighth or you see them using release pitchers to start the game um and all that happened i want to say in the last five years so a- analytics i feel like we, we we haven't even seen the climax yet 
Um, we're just kind of seeing baby steps and I'm excited to see what the data and all the uh, analytics show in, in the coming years. Yeah, no, I a thousand percent agree. I mean, it's cool to see the, uh, the analytics evolution. Like we did see the Bill James era. Then we kind of saw early two thousands where we started seeing on base percentage become more and more of a commodity. And then in the two thousands, as you mentioned, the shifts started getting the early 2010s. Sorry. The shifts started getting more frequent. Uh, now we're kind of in the, the three true outcome stage and StatCast started and that, um, that brought in uh, defensive runs saved more uh, launch angle, sprint speed, uh, all those fun stats. But I think the great thing about it is that we can now, um, I don't think throw the eye test out the window, but what we can do is we could put different facts that go with the eye test, if that makes sense. So if we could say, man, that guy's fast, you know, now we could put a number on that. Or if we say, wow, that guy hits left-handed pitching really, really good. We could quantify that better. So we could now prove what our eyes tell us. And I think that's the, the really, really cool thing about uh, analytics. And I think it's, you know, definitely something that not a lot of people are sold on. Uh, I'm still kind of in the middle of it. I like the, you know, the old school thought process and I like the new school stuff too. Uh, but I, I, I'm kind of a centrist when it comes to <laughs> the baseball yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but back to movies real quick, there's a lot of great baseball movies, but I feel like you can't say that about any other sports. I mean, maybe, maybe a few, but like, it's not like you could name 10 football or basketball movies right off the top of your head. I don't know. Or can you, I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm just happy that, uh, baseball doesn't have a movie as bad as the football movie that just came out. I believe it was with, it's on Netflix. I believe it was with, um, Oh no, the Kevin I'm James one. No. Yeah, I I was like, are you are, are you kidding me? And like uh, that that's just a horrid movie. And then just to confirm what I was thinking, I went to Rotten Tomatoes, got like a twenty percent or something. I could be wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. But um, yeah, no, you're right. I feel like, granted, I I I don't I don't care about football and I don't care about basketball. Um, but I I don't I can't even think of a movie that has or sport that has as many movies as baseball does and that are as impactful. Um, I mean, basketball has that Michael Jordan movie. I think it's like the Looney Tunes, right? Yeah, Space Jam. Space Jam, yeah. See, I mean, I, which I feel like is a pretty famous movie, but me just not being basketball-minded, I just, mm-hmm. believe it or not, I've never watched it. So, yeah. Kevin yeah. James is the worst person to play in that movie that i mean first of all there there's there's certain roles that you could cast a guy like kevin james in and like a serious role is not the right role for for him he's a comedian he's a comedian that's what he is i mean i mean it it was a funny movie i'll tell you that and i feel like football coaches are not like they don't have that mindset of like hey i gotta be a comedian you know i gotta be funny it's like complete miscast but um that's neither here nor there (laughs) What really got me was um, they had Kevin James, but then they brought in Taylor Lautner. Um, <laughs> who I, whenever I think, whenever, whenever I see him, I just think of like Twilight. And uh, you're just, just waiting like, for women to pop out all over the place. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, honestly, Stephen, it felt like I was watching a Disney Channel movie. Oh, no. That, that's what it felt like. So, man, that's unfortunate. But if you want a good laugh, watch it. Yes. So. I, I think I've watched a, a little, I, I saw the trailer and I knew exactly what you were talking about. And mm-hmm. I think I was even dumb enough to put it on my list. And I think 
for the sake of you know getting a laugh i might actually watch it because i am notorious for liking terrible movies um terrible humor too so um (laughs) anyways uh baseball food now i feel like this is also a very controversial one i know you've name dropped brandon belt already in this in this uh segment here but let's talk baseball food if you're going to a baseball game you know you're at the ballpark lounging around what are you eating what's the go-to thing to get um well let's see i've been to a lot of baseball parks but when i compare food i always compare it to oracle park just because that's home um gear deli at oracle park always 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 i don't care if it's negative five degrees outside i'm getting gear deli um now which inning because i know some people that go i don't think any very rarely do i hear people that go in like the first or second inning it's usually like a sixth seventh eighth inning thing it depends because it depends on how the game is also moving along so if if I'm watching a, a no hitter, even though it's like a second inning, I don't leave until hit is like recorded for somebody. Um, just so I don't miss the whole anything. Um, but if it's like just kind of a normal game, couple hits, you know, maybe it's one to zero, zero, zero. I'll probably go like third inning, fourth inning, um, run, run there, run back real quick, grab some Ghirardelli. You know, it's got the garlic fries. Can't can't miss out on those at Oracle Park. Um, but I will tell you, and I don't know how controversial this is. Um, but the Oracle Park cheeseburgers mm. are are the most horrendous things I've ever tasted <laughs> in my entire life. I, I had one three years ago, and it was like a thousand dollars. Yeah, and um, I I almost threw up because it was just so so bad. And I, and I hate saying anything negative about the San Francisco Giants team or 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 the or the atmosphere there, but their cheese, their hamburger, and their cheeseburgers just made me made my stomach turn for days so now now i just stick to Ghirardelli. i stick to the garlic fries maybe a couple of those bacon wrapped hot dogs yeah um, those are pretty good um and uh that, that's honestly about it I, I i try and limit myself when i go to giants games just because the food there is so expensive um and i know if i buy one thing i'm just gonna buy more things um so i i try and keep it pretty pretty light but i usually don't succeed yeah so sometimes you got to bring food in too so you know do they let you they do they do oh, okay. is an option. they didn't let you they must change it so, some ballparks change their policies but um yeah no i i i have had wonders about those cheeseburgers i mean i've so when you walk in the tunnel down below um where media enters there's just like a, a stack of buns of of hamburger buns up against the wall and i've like looked at them when i walk in it's just like you know i i've kind of had a feeling that there might be some interesting takes about those uh those hamburgers that they're they have at oracle park but yeah the bacon wrapped hot dogs are really good um in the ballpark and also outside of the ballpark when you're leaving there's the people with the with the little portable um hot dog i mean first of all when you walk out that's the exact smell that you want to smell you know yeah so. it's the best smell mm-hmm. no smell. doubt about it yeah uh, um you ever had one of those uh the oak the oakland days nacho helmets i i hold on i might i have i have one from the angels stadium oh, nice. a few years like in the background screwing with it but um ne- i know oakland has you know you know obviously there's the whole thing with the ballpark but i heard that food is definitely a, a silver lining the coliseum so. they've got good food um i so i i don't like saying good things about the oakland athletics just because it's more of a rivalry with my friends 
So all, all of my friends are A's fans, and because of them, I hate the A's, um, just because they hate the Giants. We had a higher on base percentage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all types of things. I was literally we're we're all in this group together, and I every every single argument we get into about baseball, I always am the one not losing, but just getting picked on. It's just three against one mm-hmm. every single time. Um, but yeah, the A's do have good food. I will give them that. Um, the Nacho Helmets are really good. They are. Yeah. That's one thing that I would pop out if you ever get in those arguments again. I would just say, you know, hey, waterfront ballpark, we have it. <laughs> but then... Have it. You don't. Although they 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 might be on the uh, on the come up with that. I I read an article the other day that that apparently they got more approvals to build it. But you never know with the city of Oakland. That's one of those things so... where like I'm like you know do you ever follow those news stories where like you'll believe it when you see it, kind of like the CBA right now. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's kind of in that same category where you follow it. You don't necessarily know the specifics, but you'll believe it when you see it. That's, uh, but no waterfront ballpark. Uh, I do hope it does come to Oakland because you know, those A's fans deserve it. Maybe not in, uh, your eyes, but <laughs> so you could no. give your, keep yeah. giving your friends a hard time. Yeah. The, um, the only reason I, I want them to get the ballpark is just so the Oakland A's stay because mm-hmm. I, that rivalry is important and it is a fun rivalry. And um, even though I may not care about the A's or how they do, I do, I, I do think, I, I think I care about my friends. Um, and I, I, I know if the A's moved, they would be crushed. So, yeah. And if yeah. they moved to like Las Vegas or something and, you know, you could give your friends a hard time about, you know, buying plane tickets every few I weeks know. to go to uh, games. In Las Vegas athletics, it just doesn't, doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't. It's stupid. (laughs) All right. Let's, let's, let's end it here on a favorite baseball moment. I I know that there's so many moments that we could go through, uh, but what is, what is yours, Jacob favorite baseball moment? Um, Well, I mean, there's a lot, Um, obviously the, the three world series, last pitch, all that. Um, But my, but my favorite baseball moment wasn't any of that. Um, My favorite baseball moment was watching Gregor Blanco um, make the diving catch catch um to save matt kane's perfect game um because i remember i was sitting on my couch just you know biting my nails hoping hoping that my favorite player gets this perfect game um and i remember when he did i just like fell on my knees i was just like yes yes he did it but as everyone did um we got a a quick scare there for a second because i I forgot who hit it um jordan schaefer jordan schaefer yeah (laughs) Um, he had a deep, deep ball to center field. I think it was right center. And, um, at that moment I was like, man, there it goes. My, my hopes, my dreams crushed. Matt Cain's hopes, dreams crushed. And then I remember as I was just kind of looking down at the last second, I looked up and I see Blanco just dive. And in the back of my head, I was like, it all, it all kind of happened in slow motion. I, I just kind of went in my head. No. He's not going to catch it. There's no way. Why is he there? Yeah. And then Blanco, because he comes out of nowhere. And uh, at the last second, I remember Gary Blanco diving and making that catch. Kruken Kipe going crazy. And I remember myself like running in circles around around my house. And uh, that was probably my favorite and most memorable San Francisco Giants moment of all time. Um, Watching Gregor Blanco, of all people, Gregor Blanco, who's actually in his tenure with the Giants, was a solid player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but watching Gregor Blanco, who I'll always remember, um, saving Matt Cain's perfect game because that that catch was just 
absolutely incredible. Um, and I, I will never, ever in my life forget that couch. So Yeah. And, and no right fielder has ever played there up until that point, like shaded yeah. toward that far into the gap. And nobody has done it since. Like yeah. right fielders, they've tried visiting right fielders, especially have tried to figure out Oracle Park's right field for years and years and years. And you still see them, you know, shaded out towards that way. But nobody was shaded. You know, they completely gave Jordan Schaefer the line. Um, and it, I mean, it was, I've never seen a right fielder play there in Blanco, just, uh, an amazing catch, um, for sure. Uh, yeah. but that's definitely a, a great moment. Um, uh, no doubt about it, Jacob, man, I appreciate it. This was so much fun and I appreciate you coming on and kind of sharing your baseball story with us. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys for listening on to the next. All right. And we are back with another baseball fan. It is Chris Estrada from manteca chris welcome thanks for coming on hey thanks steven for having me on man i love watching your show and i'm glad to be here thanks for inviting me out thank you i appreciate that and i've been asking uh, baseball fans everywhere and uh you are are one of many that uh, have come on and will come on uh and i'm gonna ask them all the same question uh and it is how did you get in baseball because everybody's got their own story on how they got into the game and how they got connected and they became a fan and they became a passionate fan. So I'm going to present you the same question, Chris, Chris, how did you become a baseball fan? Let's hear it. Man, it just started with uh, definitely with my family. You know, my, my grandparents were big, especially my grandpa was a big uh, baseball fan, especially Giants fan. Um, I actually grew up um, until I was eight years old. I lived in San Leandro my family is from the Bay Area. They live in San Mateo. And so they used to love their big diehard Giants fans. Um, so that's why, of course, I'm a big diehard Giants fan. But growing up, um, I lived in San, uh, San Leandro, like right near uh, the freeway leading to Oakland Coliseum. So actually, when I was younger going there, we went to a lot of A's games. And really, my family was just all, all baseball, everything, baseball, everything. And that's basically uh, how it started from that. So big A's fans. So how did you become a, cause I know you're, you're a guy that follows the giants. How did you kind of get involved with following San Francisco giants baseball? Uh, well, like I said, I think it's from my family's big uh, giants fans, diehard giants fans, but I think I have a love for the A's also because I went to a lot of A's games uh, when I was younger and we went to more Oakland Coliseum because we live right there. It was literally about five minute drive there. Mm -hmm. So we went to a lot of games there. And I think just through that, even though I know it's weird, people hate the giants A's, you can only like one, but I've grown up liking, obviously giants is number one, but I'm a big fan of the A's too. I follow them too, really as much as the giants. So would you be a guy that would rock the split hat? You know how they have the A's on one side and the Giants on one side? Because I know a lot of people trash that hat. Are you someone that would rock that well? No, I definitely, I do not like that at all. No. When I was little, though, I used to do, I don't do this anymore. But when I was little, I remember like in elementary school, I would wear either like an A's hat or Giant shirt or Giant shirt or uh, backwards or whatnot. I used to do that. But no, that's uh I don't know that hat I just find kind of ugly and whatnot I'm like I would not wear that every time I see it I'm just like oh no I can't rock that okay you answered that correctly so <laughs> yeah no there's there's uh, definitely a right and wrong answer from that point of view uh why is baseball different from some of the other sports why is it more of I, I'm sure that you're a big 
bigger baseball fan than some of the other sports, what separates it from maybe football or basketball or hockey or something like that? Hey, that's a, that's a really good question, especially, um, you know, they're the top four t- um, teams or uh, leagues here, like in the U.S. and whatnot. But well, the thing that sets them apart is um, time, the time limit. It doesn't have a time limit, right? And I think um, one thing that I really like about baseball that I think many people don't really talk about too much is, uh, you know, how the other teams have time limit. They can, if they're up, you know, they can milk the clock or whatnot. Baseball, no matter what happens, no matter how big a lead is or whatnot, no matter what, the other team that's losing still gets a fair chance to the very end. And I think that's a really cool aspect about that. And then also, of course, how once the season's rolling, it's basically there's games every day, every day. It doesn't matter. Like if there's a bad, if they, your team you root for has a bad day, well, they can just wait on it, just play tomorrow. And you can lounge around, you know, get some work done while having baseball in the background, like every single night, you know, it's going to be there. It's just kind of a soothing experience, I'm sure. And I think that's also another thing too, that like, you know, if you're watching uh, like football, you know, you're looking forward to that one day. And like, if your team does bad, Oh, now you have to wait on it all week, sulk on about all week. And same thing like for basketball, you know, they don't play every day, maybe sometimes, but, you know, there's a couple of days in break. For baseball, you know, sometimes like, there's 162 games. Even me, I, I don't watch every game. And sometimes if their team is losing, I'm just like, oh, well, they're going to lose. I'll go do something else or whatnot. Like, I don't necessarily have to watch every game because I know, oh, there's another one tomorrow. Yeah, that's definitely a great mentality about it. And uh, we hope baseball gets back soon so we could kind of be familiar with uh, that feeling again, uh, for sure, no doubt. Um, is there a guy that you always looked up to in terms of playing, maybe now a current player that you like or a former player that you've always admired? Who's that guy for you? Oh, man, you know who you know who it is? It is Tim Lincecum. When I was a little kid, he just came up when I was just entering high school uh 2009 2010 era of him and uh when I was pitching I mimicked his his windup I mimicked his my his windup I just loved Tim Lincecum so much and really what he did for this Giants organization you know bringing those three championships and he was a big part of all of that but uh that, that's one of my favorite players that I just loved so much and yeah I like mimicked his windup when I would pitch too <laughs> and he was somebody that really like embodied like what the city was like I mean he was not that big. He did not look like a baseball player in any way. He had the long hair. You know, he was a guy that would smoke weed in the city. And he was just someone that like was the embodiment of what San Francisco was. And I think fans really, really related to that. Do you feel the same? I definitely, I definitely feel, feel the same. I mean, you just look at him. You're just, he, he just looks like a guy, like you just said, like you wouldn't think that he can go on the mound and strike out 15 guys a game or whatnot, or have no hit potential stuff every night. Like it's just, he was just something else. And it was just fun to see. Yeah, too bad. It was a sharp decline. Really, really uh, sucks. I know. I know. Actually, um, I remember his first game with the angels. It was still, really really weird to see but I remember I went to the game they played in Oakland and I think it was his only it was his first start with the Angels and it was his only good start with the Angels he threw six innings I think it was only he only gave it one run but I remember I went in I went with wearing my Giants Lincecum jersey and then I had like an, I wore an Angels hat I got an Angels hat for Tim Lincecum obviously now I wear it like for Mike Trout and whatnot but like I remember going and people were like where, where what's 
going on here? Why are you wearing Giants and Angels stuff? And, I'm, and I turn around and see the wings come on the back of the jersey. You're like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> Just something different. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great that I was in the Bay Area. So, like, Giants fans could make the easy trip over and watch him pitch and debut with a different team. It was definitely weird to see him in any other uniform, the Angels, and then later the Rangers in spring training. Um, how about the, how about this? How about baseball movie? Cause I know I've heard some different answers here. I haven't gotten one steady answer that I've expected. Uh, Cause I think so many people have different um, tastes in baseball. They, some people like the dramas, some people like the comedies. If you were to pick a baseball movie to, you know, kind of live by, maybe not live by, but favorite baseball movie. Let's, let's just go with that. Favorite baseball favorite baseball movie i mean i think it's like hard to tell I me mean, you can say that like for me i like the classic field of dreams i really like that one a lot but i think also going by um movies that i grew up with that came out when i was a kid like i really like enjoyed uh like bench warmers and uh, like angels in the outfield and uh there was this, this movie i really liked i think it was called um rookie of the year I think uh, with the kid, he was on the Cubs, right? And yeah. uh, he could he can throw so fast. And when I really like that one too, and I think that that was about because you know they were about kids, like Angels in the Outfield one was kind of about kids also. And then I was a kid at the time, so I think I resonated with those movies more. But also, I, I other than those, I really like uh, Field of Dreams a lot too. Yeah, and every kid wanted to be Henry Rowan Gardner from Rookie of the Year. Every kid like had the dream of like falling on their arm, then all of a sudden having like a weird superpower <laughs> and just like throwing a hundred miles an hour at the big league level. I mean, people, I still dream of doing it, and I'm sure you still uh -huh. dream of it. So it's it's definitely a weird uh, phenomenon, but it is something to relate to. Uh, someone on on one of the last ones said Little Little Big League, uh, which is the movie about the the kid who managed the Twins. And it's kind of the same, you know, idea of oh yeah, yes, yeah. wanting to do that in, in your youth, and um, it, I mean, Field of Dreams is a classic. You're not wrong there. Um, that's one of the greatest movies of all time, not just baseball or sports. Kevin Costner was excellent in that. Um, oh, definitely. And what about baseball food? Because you know, I this is another one that I have not gotten a straight, you know, universal answer. Uh, people kind of mix it up. You know, they like hot dogs, nachos, I've heard. What is Chris Estrada eating at a baseball game? So this is a funny fact with me personally. So when I go to minor league baseball games, you know, uh -oh. that, that's kind of so, – so So when I go to minor league baseball games, uh, I usually go, like, just with my friends around here. We have the Modesto Nuts or the Stockton Ports. And, you know, that's just a fun environment, hang, having fun with friends, right? And maybe I'll just go, I mean, that's just my league ballpark. So I mostly just get like hot dog or whatnot, right? Or a slice of pizza. But fun fact, when I go to an MLB game, no matter what it is, I personally might get maybe like just real quick, like a hot dog, just a simple hot dog before the game. But from first pitch to last pitch, I don't leave my, I don't not like leaving my seat at all. I am that type of person. Like I cannot leave at all. Yeah, not even I used to be like that too. Not even during like BP, you know. I feel like even during yeah. BP. Um, but although I will say BP needs to be more publicized. I feel like that is an event with the amount of guys trying to go deep during BP, and a lot of fans don't even get to watch the home team swing it during BP now because the gates open after. Uh, but BP should be an event in its own. You know, fans love coming with their gloves. It's definitely something that should be 
publicized a little more than it is, but yeah, not leaving the seat. I mean, is, is, do you feel like a superstition there? Like if you leave, something's going to happen or is it just that you don't want to miss the game? Uh, I definitely, I feel like it's not necessarily a superstition I'd say, but yeah, I just don't like any time missing a pitch. Like sometimes when I go with my family, um, they'll, sometimes they'll have me like go get food or something, especially like my, when I go with my sister, who's also a big giants fan. Um, but sometimes, you know, she'll ask me to go get food and then something happens and I get mad (laughs) and like, see, that's why I don't like leaving my seat. Yeah. At least there's the TVs there on the concourse, but it's still not, you know, it's not fun. So you, you want to mm-hmm. see the live act. That's why you're there. That's why you paid for the ticket and you might be missing something that is worth the price of admission. So, you know, nobody likes to leave their mm-hmm. seat exactly. uh, during the game. Uh, and so many big moments uh, that you've witnessed as a baseball fan, if you were to pick one or maybe like two or three, what would be your, your Holy grail of baseball moments? Favorite baseball moment. Um, okay. If- Personally, for me, I think is how great it was, was the Giants um, winning the 2010 World Series. Um, And I think that moment resonates with me more because like, especially like my dad, he had been at the time he was 50. And, you know, he had just been seeing Giants heartbreak forever. He had never seen them win at all. It's just heartbreak after heartbreak, even to this day, like, we're like Giants fans spoil. We've seen three world championships. Sometimes he still jokes around. He's still mad about 2002 <laughs> and whatnot. But like just seeing how happy he was, like when they won the the 2010 World Series, was just a great moment that I can always um, will always cherish about that. Just seeing how excited he was because he had been waiting all year or all his life for it. And then me at the time, I was um, I was 15 at the time when I saw them win the first one and he was 50. So that was pretty cool um, moment for that. But so that's that. And then for baseball moment, what I, my favorite one is that I think doesn't get talked about a lot. And I think it gets underrated because, you know, you have that East coast, West coast bias and you know how the national media doesn't really talk about like the giants or anything. Right. At West coast is always mostly like Dodgers, everything. Right. And I think it's um, how historic was the, uh, Madison Bumgarner performance of 2014 like not just the World Series but the whole playoffs like in general like I don't know if we'll ever see someone pitch that many innings in a whole postseason again especially with the way uh starting pitching is developing now teams are mostly throwing out the guys for like five six innings and then for the relievers now um and then we've seen in these recent years how teams have tried to replicate what Bruce Bochy and Madison Bumgarner did and they failed at it and to see and I think that that's doesn't just doesn't get talked about enough about how great that really was that we witnessed nobody's ever doing that again at least in our lifetime um Mm -hmm. they won that championship with PV Hudson um Vogelsong Lincecum like how do they how do they win with that pitching stuff it just would never happen but I guess you know, Bumgarner pitching lights out in that postseason, that World Series especially. I mean, they could put Mad Bum on the ring, and I think people would have been happy. Um, but no, th- those are great picks. And obviously, I think your dad was 50 when they won the 2010 championship, and you were 15. Is there any hard feelings there? Like, oh, you got to see one right away. It's not fair. <laughs> no, no, not necessarily that. Um, but actually, my sister – um who's a couple years younger than me she's feels super spoiled so every time they won a world series we went to the first two parades um 
But the third one at the time I was in college and I actually had work that day, so I couldn't go. And I remember my sister was really upset because she's like, we're, we're not going to parade. We like she she thought she, it, it to her. It became like a uh, like almost like an annual thing, like every other year, like, oh, it's parade year. They're going to win this year. And then they won. And like, oh, we're going to the parade. Well, I can actually. And she got all set. We always go. <laughs> so I thought that something like that was just pretty funny. Like at the time, like how spoiled, like it felt like we were like spoiled, you know, it's like, oh, this is happening more. This should not be happening. Yeah, the Bay, the Bay Area is spoiled. I mean, we've seen some good 49er teams. The Warriors have won championships. The Giants, the A's have been in the postseason quite a bit um it's it's definitely a, a great time to be a bay area sports fan for sure before we head out here chris i want you to tell everybody what is on your hat oh what is on my hat so this is the hat that uh the brand new san jose giants um beer batter hat so they have this uh and churro i think that's supposed to be no that's not that's just a beer batter hat so they also they're also famous for churros which actually have that hat over here too somewhere how many hats do you have Oh, I have a lot. I have a lot over here. I, I, I'm a big uh, baseball uh, hat hat collector. Mm, I really like I like I really like wearing hats. So there. So the Stanley Giants are famous for the churros, and they had this uh, churro hat here. And then last year they debuted for. They're also big for their beer batter that they have promotions. So they'll pick a guy uh, pregame, and uh, he'll be the beer batter. And if the Stanley Giants pitcher strikes him out, then their beer is half off for. Uh, like a next half inning and they actually made a, a hat of that. So it's supposed to be the bat and they, and it's a, uh, and then there's a K right there for the beer batter strikeout. Roll <laughs> so out the barrel. That's a hat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Cause also I'm a big, uh, my baseball fan. I actually uh, work in minor league baseball with the Modesto nuts here. So I'm a big, uh, follow minor league baseball really well. And I'm a big fan of that. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm repping the San Jose Giants here too. Exactly. Definitely, definitely a lot of fun going to those games. Chris, I appreciate you kind of telling your story and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you. It was really a uh, awesome experience. Thank you for having me. All right. On to the next. All right. We are back with yet another baseball fan. It is Jacob Cisneros and uh, Jacob joins us. Jacob, how you doing? Welcome. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Stephen. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, I, we're recording this right now. I think I recorded the previous two when the baseball lockout was still happening, but now the baseball lockout's been lifted. The owners and the players agreed to terms. I think we're going, I think I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Yeah. How do you feel uh, about I'm, that whole situation? I'm honestly, you know, I'm surprised, but glad relieved is another word I would use. Um, I, it's just great for baseball, you know, the whole back and forth thing, like, with the CBA talks, I think it was just upsetting fans, really, just seeing both sides go at it. But um, it's great that they came to a deal and baseball got saved, essentially. Yeah, and, and all the nights of all those deadlines, it would always be, you know, they're, they're gaining momentum. And then the next morning, they're like, oh, you know, the momentum is gone. And it was just getting really frustrating and tedious. And I think everybody's glad, including the players and the owners, that that's all behind us. Um, but no, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we're going to talk about your journey to be uh, becoming a baseball fan, some of your your favorites, per se. So I first want to ask kind of how you got into the uh, – first of all, where are you from? Where, where What section of, uh, of uh, the United States are you in right now? Um, so, yeah, I'm California, Southern California more specifically. Um, 
live in the San Bernardino area. So probably like the midpoint would be like almost where Rancho Cucamonga Quakes are and um, Inland Empire 66ers down there. So yeah, about an hour away from Los Angeles. And I know for a fact, because uh, I follow you, of course, and uh, you are a big uh, Angels guy. So tell me about growing up with baseball. How did you kind of get into the sport? And, uh, you know, tell me about uh, loving those Angels. Yeah, so um, it was kind of interesting and weird in a way. Um, I played a little t-ball, nothing too much. Like like every little child played t-ball mm-hmm. growing up. Um, I didn't really get into it until about middle school. I don't really know specifically what got me into it. I just um, was flipping through the channels one day and I was, was on um, MLB network one day and uh, was watching it, you know, um, it was great seeing like the color commentary there, like with those guys like Greg Amsinger and like, I think was on and they, they just made baseball fun, honestly, like when they were talking about it, like that drew me in. And so then like, um, I would also play like a little bit of MLB The Show, um, the 08 version, which was when like oh, wow. I really started getting into it. So I was like, maybe I should just start like, you know, following it. I'm like, I'm an Angels fan, so I might as well just like, you know, keep with it. And eventually, you know, it turned into more baseball fan, really. So MLB The Show, I think, is such an underrated tool to get people in. And I guess the same goes for whoever plays 2K and, and uh, Madden and NHL, all those games, because you get to really know the players and you, you get to really know who's on what team. Uh, so like, have you played every MLB the show since 2008? So I, pl- yes and no. I played a lot um, when it was around like the PS3, PlayStation 3 era. And um, once the consoles, w- once I needed to upgrade, I went to Xbox and obviously they didn't have it. So um, now I got, there was a little bit of a gap, but now I'm back on it on Xbox. So it's like, it's weird. Cause like, I remember still how much fun I had with it, but at the same time, I'm like I'm on Xbox. So it's a little bit weird. Yeah, no, you have some catching up to do. Cause I won't yeah. be the show back on Xbox. Uh, there, there's a few, I wonder how the gameplay is. I wonder if it's the same. I have a PS4, so um, I can't get any more new and will be the show games unless I upgrade. So it's like, damn, um but you know whatever we'll we'll deal with it um so why do you love baseball so much like what is it about the game that kind of separates it from you know maybe football because i know the uh, southern california area it's got a lot of basketball basketball is a big thing down there football still i think is up and coming you know obviously the rams uh, are down there and uh, you know they've had success um but where are you in terms of you know baseball its popularity right now why do you think that baseball is the best sport or do you think that baseball is the best sport yeah um actually i do think baseball is the best sport um you know it's one of my favorites i love to cover it i love to write about it it's some you know it's just it's awesome um comparing to the other sports like you said like the los angeles area you have the lakers the clippers obviously the rams chargers down here now um it's I don't know. It's just different. It's like, I think we were in a space one night and like you even said, it's like going to church. Like um, many people attend, few would understand it. And honestly, I just got it. Like, and I love the strategy of the game. Um, Like seeing, I honestly, it was a little weird because like, I know like the shift has been like controversy, but like 
watching those players like move around the infield, I was like, whoa, okay, what's happening? Like the first time I saw it. And so it was just like that strategy of the game, just trying to like outbeat your opponent. Like you don't have to, you know, it's not just a bunch of home runs. It's not a bunch of strikeouts. Like there's people you got to get on base, you got to steal bases. Like there's little intricate parts of the games that I think like, if you're just like a casual fan, you'll probably miss it. And so that's what really got me invested into it. I guess a little intricate details. No doubt. You brought up the shift. So I want to ask you, cause I'm pretty indifferent about it. I don't care either way. I see both sides of the argument. Where do you stand on the shift? You know, I'm a little bit impartial myself. I really, um, I didn't mind it when it was like, when I first saw it, like, like I said, I think the strategy of the game's like better, like more intriguing. But from a hitting standpoint, I like, I understand, like, I'm not going to go up to like, say like Joey Gallo, who's been like, you know, like, the anti-shift because of like what it is to left-handed hitters but um I I see his point like I'm not gonna like bash him and say hit it to the left side it's not easy like I get it I, I I completely understand so um as far as just like my overall opinion if you had to make me choose I'm for the shift just because I like seeing how how to beat your opponent it's like I said it's intricate part of the game you're trying to beat your opponent any way you can no doubt about it. And I, so the two sides that I see it, you mentioned one of them was, you know, there, if there's so many guys on one side of the infield, hit the ball the other way, hit the ball to where they're not. And it's easier said than done. Um, and, and I always hear, you know, other sports, you could put your defense wherever you want. That should be the same in baseball. I get that too. And then the other side of the argument, which these are some points that I kind of like, you know, I want to see infielders dive again. Cause we're at the point right now where like there's a ground ball back up the middle, a ball that, you know, 10 years ago you would lay out for and the guy's positioned right there. Like, I think the entertainment value would go up significantly because I mean, we have Mike Moustakis and Travis Shaw playing second base. I mean, what, I, I don't, I don't see the, I don't see the appeal in that. So, you know, Max Muncy playing second base. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to, to see, um that i almost said to see that shift uh play on words there um but no we'll, we'll see what happens i i, I think it's going to be banned in 2023 which gives um they weren't going to do it this year you know some teams and front offices obviously design their team a certain way to win and whether that get you know getting a, a pitcher because he gets a lot of ground balls to the right side or creating your middle infield accordingly, you know, they don't want to mess any of that up. So I, I applaud them for doing it next year and not this year. Uh, and the other thing I wanted to get at was um, you, you do some, some writing right now uh, about the angels. How did you kind of get into that? Cause I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So um, I write for Halo hangout, which is part of fan sided, you know, they're, um, they're just like a big group, a big community of like fan fan based writers and honestly, I was scrolling through Twitter one day and I just found, you know, an application. There was Halo Hangout was like, hey, we're looking for writers. Um, if you have interest in the Angels, it's a great place to write. And it's been awesome ever since I applied, got the position. And it's been, like I said, it's been awesome uh, getting to write whatever I want. And it really made me more of an unbiased. I think like it kind of took that bias away from me where... I'm not just going to sit there and defend the angels hundred percent. Like 
I'm going to like, it may force me to break down the little parts of the game. Like, okay, how's our pitching? How's our hitting? You know, how's the bullpen? Like it really made me think in a different way rather than just go all in fan hundred percent. And if, if you like start looking and when you're forced to start looking at a team from a neutral like side of things, and you were a fan of that team, like they will, they will make sure to do everything to make you hate them. Like that, that's basically like that. That's what I've learned. And it's like, oh God, the giants are doing this. Like the, you know, it's the angels are doing that. I mean, it's, they will do everything to make you despise them by the end of it. So I think that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, is that something that you want to do, you know, moving forward, like as a kind of career plan, do you want to get into sports media? Yeah. So, um, I definitely have been thinking about it. It's been kind of a tough decision for me because of the way I think like um, the job industry is right now. I'm, I won't, I don't want to get like too into it, but like for me, I just thought like it's very competitive, obviously, respectively, like everyone's been, everyone I've talked to is a great writer. Like everyone has their own talents in a way. And so just coming from my perspective, I think um, I really have to think about it is it like, do I like the writing part or do I like the sports part? And that's kind of a tough line for me right now. I'm an English major. So I'm kind of like having that kind of Liberty to kind of do what I want and kind of see, but um, you know, anything can happen down the road. Um, right now I love writing about the, the angels baseball in general too. It's um, it's definitely like a luxury that I think people like wouldn't understand if they weren't doing it. It's definitely something that like, went from a hobby to something like, Hey, I can probably do it professionally. If you know, you get good enough. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So moving on here, I do want to ask about, um, you know, maybe some favorite players that you've had over the years. Cause I think one of the things that I've noticed in youth baseball is, you know, you ask a, a kid now, who's your favorite player. And they say, well, I don't have one. And that's concerning to me. Everybody has to have a favorite player. In my opinion, uh, I had a favorite player. I'm sure you have, former players that you liked current players that you admire so who are some of those guys yeah so um honestly going back to mlb the show which is pretty funny um it kind of got me into like understanding more about the angels roster growing up and for me i don't know why i just had a fascination with pitchers and really the battery between like pitchers and catchers so going into it i really liked john lackey growing up that when he was you know like he was kind of establishing himself as like the veteran of the club. And then like um, another one was uh, Mike Napoli when he was catching. Um, he caught a little bit for the Angels. So like, I don't know, it's just like that combination of pitching and catching. So definitely John Lackey, Mike Napoli. And then just to throw out another one, maybe Torrey Hunter even. I know like um, it's funny because like the game kind of like talks about like he had seven gold gloves like – it's it, like the commentary gets you a little bit like thinking like this is a great player like I want to know him I want want to know everything about him yeah Boog Shambi and uh, Chris Singleton are going to be the new announcers for MLB 22 the show so stay tuned for that um but I just thought of I very randomly I thought of a moment that Mike Napoli John Lackey and Tori Hunter were all associated in in the later part of their career the 2013 division our championship series where lackey and napoli were on the red Sox. tory hunter went over the wall on the david ortiz grand slam and you know they were all on the field for that so i think that was pretty i don't know why that that's crazy that's another good thing about baseball is that you could have 
moments like those where everybody's connected. So I think that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite baseball movie? This might get uh, a lot of people riled up. So you got to be careful here with your answer, Jacob. <sighs> Let's see. Um, on, Angels honestly, in the outfield. <laughs> no, actually, surprisingly, um, I have, I've seen a lot of good baseball movies, like, but honestly, I don't know why it got me like a lot of the times. Um, it's actually Moneyball. Um, I know it's probably like one of the more recent baseball movies. Uh, there's a lot of classics out there, but um, honestly, I didn't really know about Moneyball till the movie. And like, I knew a little bit about statistics, but I didn't know how big it like exploded until that movie came out. And I was just like, I was hooked. I was like, okay, so here's what's like going on really within the game. And then, you know, once you start researching it after the movie, I think it kind of like led me like down like a hallway of like more stuff to learn about. So, um, I, you know, as far as like the, the story of it goes, it's like, it's interesting with the whole 20 game streak. And then, you know, you're, you kind of, it's almost like you kind of want, want to root for the A's a little bit, like not saying that I'm an A's fan, of course not, but it's like, you like they show them as the underdog and you kind of want to root for them it's like okay you're facing rich teams and it's just like we got to think about something else to kind of beat them so it's a great movie i think um for a baseball fan and someone that wants to learn more of like how it got to the way it is with statistics i always like the uh well first of all you know it's a big deal when brad pitt is playing billy bean like that that just doesn't that just doesn't happen but my favorite scene is the the trade deadline and they get a deal done. And then Jonah Hill does the, the you can't see it because my background, but the, the fist pump. Oh yeah. That, that's one of my favorite scenes. But um, if you haven't already, I would read, read the book too. The book more so than the movie. Like I finished the book and I was like, wow, I want to be a GM. <laughs> like I want to yeah. be a GM now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I know like they even, I think they like feature the book in the movie. Like they kind of like, he was reading, Billy Bean was reading it on the airplane and like, they kind of give you like a page of like notes of like, okay, well here's like the equation if you break it down. And I'm like, now I kind of want to read the book because like yeah. it really gets into it. So. Yeah. You will memorize the entire, like, I think it's like Oh two or Oh three draft. And like, like there's a whole chapter about how like, do they want to get Nick Swisher in the first round? Or like, it was like, it, it was insane. The amount of information that was in that book. Michael Lewis is a great writer and a great movie for sure. Uh, what about baseball food? This is another one that could be, you know, very, uh, you could offend some people. And I know the Angel Stadium does have pretty good food, doesn't it? Yeah. So they have, um, I'm not into them, but like they have the nacho helmets. And um, those I'm ones not are, into them either. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got them a couple times just with like family and friends. Um, I'll kind of pick at them, but yeah, they have, yep, there you go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think it's just because like people can take them home and like, you know, it's a fun memory. So definitely I think those, I know they have the Sundays too, that come in the same hat, I think. Um, but for me, my favorite ballpark food, honestly, it's like a hot dog with ketchup. I don't know why it's just, it, it goes together base baseball on a hot dog. Like something about it makes me think like summertime, especially like the day games. It's like summertime day game, you're sitting down, relaxing with the hot dog. And then later on in the game, I like to do popcorn. Like 
probably around like the sixth, seventh inning, I'll do like a popcorn, like real quick, and then I'll be good for the rest of the game. And a lot of the Giants fans I talk to say, yeah, around the seventh, eighth inning, we like to do Garadelli ice cream, which they have in the, the left field corner. So everybody has like their late inning snack that they can't miss. That's something that I've learned. But um, yeah, no, I I have like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I just pulled that up, but you know, whatever, we're, we're, <laughs> we're going to roll with it. Um, and then finally, you know, as an Angel fan and as a baseball fan, you've probably had a few really awesome baseball moments that you've witnessed. So what is one that kind of sticks out? Yeah, um, honestly, for me, there was a couple. Yeah, picking from a can of worms there. Yeah, um, one of them for me was Mike Trout's first cycle. I don't know why that stood out to me right now. Um, Just because I think when we think of like Mike Trout, like the number one player in baseball, um, there was so much stuff that he hadn't accomplished yet. And it was just like, you knew he was going to get the cycle. You just didn't know when. And so then like, to be able to do it. And I think it was at his home at the home ballpark. If I remember, it was just like all the fans cheering and stuff. You knew it was going to happen, but you didn't know when. And then um, another favorite moment for me was more somber, but um, the no hitter for um, Tyler Skaggs um, first start against our, after his passing, I think that was just like a rallying moment for the team. And so, um, yeah, those are my two favorite moments. And wasn't it like there, there's like a weird situation with the Skaggs thing where like the amount of hits and the amount of runs was like his birthday or something? Yeah, that I think I think that did happen. And like you said, it's weird how baseball connects. Oh, there's baseball like, gods. They exist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like going back to like the John Lackey and Mike Napoli, like the baseball gods are real. Like for sure. I don't doubt it. And it's just funny how like, you know, numbers add up like that. And so – um, even like the story itself, you know, I could have never predicted a no hitter like the next game after that. So um, it's weird. I think um, I'm sure if you ask like players, they would probably think like there was something different about that game. Um, for me as a fan, you you definitely knew there was something different about that game. You wanted to see like how the players were reacting. You want to see how they would perform. Like it's definitely it was a rallying moment. I think they that team definitely came together. I think in that one night I was in Southern California when that happened actually in San Diego. And, um, I was, I was in a, uh, in a submarine. Wow. <laughs> one of the, the submarines that you tore when I got the news on my phone and I was shocked. And then uh, I was still in San Diego and, uh, I saw the combined no hitter. That was really powerful stuff. And of course, um, I think any Mike Trout moment that you get to witness is significant because he's someone who's a once in generational talent and a slam dunk hall of famer as of now, no doubt about it. And if he continues, he'll be on the, you know, he's on the Maris or not Maris mantle and Mays and DiMaggio. He'll be up there among those guys. Um, no doubt about it. Jacob, man, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks again for having me, Steve. All right. On to the next.